Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. So, you're a virgin. That, that sucks, doesn't it? Believe me, I really understand the frustration of doing everything that I, that I thought I should be doing to finally get out of the friend zone, to connect with a girl that I really liked and actually have sex. I have been there and lived with that monotonous frustration of sex eluding me no matter what I tried. In this video, I'm going to break down everything that you need to do to lose your virginity. And I'll add, lose your virginity in a meaningful way. So let's say you met the most amazing woman ever who looked like Megan Fox, who dressed like a young Melania Trump, who could cook five-star meals like Gordon Ramsay, and you were madly in love with each other, and you had sex. That would be meaningful, right? But I'll suggest to you that what really makes losing your virginity meaningful can be the journey. And even if the relationship and the girl that you finally do it with really aren't that special. It's the journey that makes it meaningful. Now, I realize that you have unique challenges and history in regards to this, and that's why I'd actually be willing to talk to you. I have a form that's linked below this video with some really in-depth questions about yourself and your situation, what you've tried, that sort of thing. If you think that you could benefit from speaking frankly with another man about this, go ahead and fill out that form. And I importantly want to add, if you're a person that's just browsing the internet, if you're just looking for a little bit of amusement on YouTube, you should probably navigate away from this video now because I'm actually going to break down everything in there in this video that you need to do to lose your virginity and honestly if you're a person that's okay with the best your life getting just being porn and video games and funny videos and digital amusement on the internet you should probably navigate away now because what i'm going to tell you is going to make you feel really terrible if you don't take action so I am not a commercial pickup artist guru. I don't have some overpriced video course or PDFs to sell you. I'm going to break down everything you need to do in these 33 steps. There is an article below this that even goes more in depth into this. And you should read that also if you're serious. Now, you don't need to do all 33 steps and you don't need to do them perfectly, but if you do most of them or some of them with some consistency and some discipline, your chances of losing your virginity are really good. Here's why you might want to listen to me. So my natural looks certainly didn't help me much in the getting laid department. I'm short, pretty skinny, and as you can see, cross-eyed. But amongst adult male virgins, I think I was a decent catch. 
in my late teens and early 20s, I was kind of handsome. I dressed well, had friends, a car, a job, and a not bad apartment. But despite having this going for me, I just could not get a girl to sleep with me for years. I lost my virginity at age 21 to a woman who was a real life spy. Yes, really. Perhaps you're a bit older than that and you're thinking, 21 is really not that bad. I wish I had lost my virginity around that age. Well, I had been trying like hell to lose my virginity since 18. And those three years felt like a lifetime where all the forces of the universe conspired together to refuse me entry into pussy. Finally, I did start sleeping with girls and actually got a few girlfriends, but they really didn't respect me and inevitably we'd break up. I went through a few long dry spells when what had gotten me laid in the past didn't work. I felt like a virgin again. Blue balls ensued. Finally, I really hit my stride as a sexual man. In about a decade, I seduced quite a few women, blonde women, skinny women, women with giant tits, black women, sexy Latina women with big booties, shy 18-year-old girls, and mature 40-year-old women who knew just what they wanted. Women who didn't speak English, and even a Chinese girl that liked to be choked. For six years, I traveled 25 different countries, dating and sleeping with women from Colombia to Ukraine. It's been a lot of fun, and it's taught me some surprising and uncomfortable things about women. At 33, I married a really great woman who I have the best sex of my life with, who I have amazing conversations with, who shares my passions, who is amazingly committed to me. Marriage might not sound very appealing to you, but nothing has made me happier than being married. My wife must be trying to optimize my levels of nitric oxide with this wonderful beet salad that she made. I wonder what she has in mind. Bam! Check out this belated Christmas gift from my wife. Very appropriate wristwear for when consuming caviar and champagne.
the first step is no fab, no porn. You're going to have to give it up. You're going to have to choose between having a rowdy sex life that you really enjoy and internet porn. Sorry, you don't get to have both. At least not for the next three, six, nine, maybe 12 months. So much of our motivational psychology is just a manifestation of our selfish genes trying to get into the next generation. When you masturbate frequently with your own hand, you deprive yourself profoundly of natural male aggression, drive, and zest for life. Step one, if you're a first-time nofabber, try to just go two weeks. This is sufficient for you to experience a boost in testosterone from not orgasming. If you can go two weeks, try to go for a whole month. This amount of time gives your brain the time to start reprogramming its arousal system. 30 days of nofabbing is a lot easier to accomplish if you drink no alcohol that month. So it's better to just plan to abstain from both simultaneously. Then try going for 30, 60, or 90 day blocks of no fabbing. Once you develop this kind of discipline, you'll find that when you finally do use porn, it's kind of boring and uninspiring. Perhaps you just don't feel all that motivated to pursue women. This will likely really change when you give up porn. You'll find real joy in something as simple as a conversation with a pretty girl. Step two, contemplate a life of solitude. Likely your greatest adversary in this endeavor is procrastination. For many men that remain virgins throughout their third, fourth, fifth decade of life and beyond, Procrastination is the insidious cause. There's a long-term friend of mine who's a virgin. I think he's in his 30s now. But you wouldn't really guess that he's a virgin if you met him. He's a pretty cool social guy with friends, a car, a job, and an apartment. And he was one of these people that made the admirable religious commitment to no sex before marriage. But the problem was he never got married. None of the girls in his church college youth group were particularly interested in dating him. And so he kind of just thought, you know, God will bring the right person into my life when the time is right. And he was really busy in college, studying intensively for his dream career of being a pilot. So he just kind of kept putting this thing off. And next thing you know, you're 30 and still a virgin. Life really gets in the way of you losing your virginity. I just need to finish my degree and then I'll worry about dating girls. I just need to move out to my own place and then I'll actually have a place to have sex. I just need to get a job so I can afford to date. Vodka cranberry cocktails aren't cheap, right? I just need to get a car. Who wants to date somebody who takes public transit? I need to get better friends. My friends don't really make me look great. 
I need to advance in my career. Once I'm successful, women will just be naturally attracted to me. I need to get my startup business profitable first. First, you get the money. Then, you get the power. Then, you get the women. To quote the esteemed relationship guru, Tony Montana from Scarface. I need to fix my dick issues. It's not big enough. It's too big. I'm a premature ejaculator. She'll just make fun of me when I finally drop my pants in front of her. I need to finish resolving my childhood issues with my psychologist first. My shrink says that I'm just not ready to date. You stay so damn busy with life that you just ignore this virginity issue and before you know it, you're the 40-year-old virgin or the 50-year-old virgin. Please, for your own damn good, take some time to contemplate a life of solitude. You might be a younger guy and think that, hey, single life isn't that bad. I have my buddies, I have my video games, I have my sports and hobbies, I'm happy. But you're gonna be alive for 70, 80, 90 years. That's a long time to be alone. That void of loneliness within you right now can be filled with amusing things, with the video games, the sports, and the porn, but that void will grow into a black hole that sucks you into a very dark place of cynical nihilism and regret where you are utterly stuck. That easy to ignore now shame around your virginity will grow into soul-sucking regret and anger with yourself. Eventually, your buddies will have their own families. They won't be all that interested in hanging out with you. In your 20s, it seems like you have too many friends, and it's all too easy to meet new people. As the years pass, though, you'll notice that you're less and less motivated to go out and make new friends. The number of people that you can call to hang out with on a Friday night will dwindle. Think about some creepy old dude that you once met at a party that was awkwardly trying to make friends but really didn't belong there. That's going to be you. Pop psychology and self-help trick us with these ideas of radical self-acceptance and not judging. They trick us into not soberly looking at the reality of our situation. Your social purpose, your biological purpose is to reproduce. Remaining a virgin long into adolescence is an objective failure. It's not something to self-accept and not judge. If you're going to procrastinate endlessly and wait and wait and wait until your situation improves before you start worrying about losing your virginity, why not just kill yourself? Life is full of suffering, pain, and discomfort. You're always going to be suffering from something and uncomfortable for one reason or another. 
Do you really want to live through another 50 or 60 years comforted only by your video games, porn, and sports? If these pixel-powered pleasure spikes are the best it's going to get for you, why not just opt out of all those coming decades mostly filled with suffering, boredom, pain, disappointment, and mundanity? Okay, I'm not actually advocating suicide. Suicide is a deeply selfish way of resolving your problems that traumatizes, hurts, and scars the people that care the very most for you. Life is pain and discomfort, but the warm, wet embrace of a woman, her companionship through the ups and downs of life, and the life that you create together make it well worth it. The further away from your early 20s that you get, the harder this becomes. Your energy levels and motivation gradually decline. Your zest for the pursuit wanes. As the years advance, complacency, comfort, and self-pity are increasingly enticing seductresses that will trap you in a prison of mediocrity. If you're in your 30s, 40s, or older, you need to take a long look in the mirror, think about this, and realize that you're going to have to work doubly hard to overcome your virginity. Now is the time for action and transformation. I mentioned that I actually lost my virginity to a spy. This story you can find in chapter 15 of my book, How to Be Cross-Eyed, Thriving Despite Your Physical Imperfection. This is a memoir and life hacking manifesto. You don't have to be cross-eyed or have a conspicuous physical imperfection to enjoy this book. Really thriving requires an uncommon set of barely legal biohacking tools, social dynamic strategies from the fringes of polite society, and rapid mindset transformation technologies, which this life hacking manifesto delves deeply into. Step three, losing your virginity is now your part-time job. The second crucial mindset component is understanding that losing your virginity meaningfully is going to take time and effort. You're probably going to need to devote 20 to 25 hours a week for the next three, six, or 12 months to this project of losing your virginity. It's going to be like a part-time job, but it's going to be the most viscerally fulfilling, rewarding, exciting, challenging part-time job you've ever had. If you're still a virgin well into your adulthood, you need to fix some things about yourself, which is going to take time. But you're not going to be spending all of these hours chasing women. Most of that time is going to be devoted to personal development. Remember what Abraham Lincoln said about cutting down a tree. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. 
Here's more or less how you should be spending those 25 hours. Exercise and gym, four hours. Mindfulness and meditation, two hours. Studying social dynamics, seven hours. Day game, five hours. Night game, six hours. And networking and planning your social life, one hour. You might be thinking, how the hell am I gonna find 25 extra hours a week to do all this stuff? And I'll be addressing that further on in this video. Sure, you could save a lot of time and effort by just hiring a hooker to sleep with you. But if you're watching this, you probably yearn for that manly experience of seducing a woman who wants you so bad that she wants you deep inside of her. And maybe you're not technically a virgin. Maybe in the past you actually have paid hookers to sleep with you and it sucked. It was awkward, it was emotionally fulfilling, and it happened really mechanically and way too fast. And you live with that shame of knowing that you didn't actually deserve sex. You just paid a whore to fuck you. Our culture deeply confuses us with the way that sex is portrayed. In almost every movie or TV show, we see an attractive man and woman meet. A few flirtatious lines and glances are exchanged, and then in the next scene, they're having sex. Logically, we know that sex doesn't happen that fast and effortlessly, but seeing it thousands of times over and over every time we turn on our televisions still brainwashes us into thinking that sex should be easy and should just happen naturally. This is made worse by friends, acquaintances, and guys we know who are constantly bragging about how many women they sleep with and how easy it is. I remember when I was 19, my best friend was this guy who was always bragging about this. He was a quintessential natural. He was just naturally a very seductive man. And while I was doing my damnedest to lose my virginity, I would go to the club, I would approach like 30, 40 women, I would get like 10 phone numbers, and I could barely get one of them to text me back. It was totally infuriating to see him go to a party, get drunk and just kind of act stupid and then end up hooking up with the hottest girl at the party. He would tell me, don't try so hard, Jonathan. Just be confident and the girls will magically sleep with you. This was super frustrating to me, of course, and not helpful. I would need to learn that I was not like my natural friend. I would need to take that long, arduous path of personal development to become a sexually viable man. I recall years back when I first arrived in Colombia. I devoted myself to learning Spanish and chasing the sexy Colombian girls, who I found 
extremely frustrated. One night I was frustrated, but irritated that yet another Colombian girl had flaked on a date that we had scheduled. I was at this party and another gringo guy was there, a really not very attractive, cool, or stylish guy. And he was regaling us with his stories of just how many Colombian women he was betting and how easy it was. By that time, I was smart enough to know that this is something that men lie about a lot. Unless you see a guy actually hooking up with a lot of women, actually going home with a lot of women, he's probably lying. Stop comparing yourself to what you see on television and to the promiscuous sex lives that natural seducers brag about having. You're just going to have to work harder than these guys. Step four, stop blaming women. If you peruse the incel forums or any of the red pill spaces online, you'll find a lot of men very angry with women. Now, women are certainly not blameless. It takes two to tango. Women make a lot of sexual choices that are bad for themselves and bad for society at large, which have resulted in this really skewed, deregulated sexual marketplace. The sexual revolution has created an asymmetrical dominance hierarchy in the sexual marketplace where the top 5% or 10% of men are having almost all the sex. In the past, an average Joe had a chance with an average Jane, but not anymore, unless he's in a country like Bulgaria that hasn't been ravaged by feminism. In our individualistic, narcissistic, hedonistic culture, the sexual marketplace has gotten very weird. Girls seemingly would rather be in the harem of a pseudo-celebrity guy with 10,000 Instagram followers than they would be the girlfriend of a humble software engineer who makes a $100,000 a year salary. But your virginity has a lot more to do with you and your choices than it has to do with social forces like feminism. Even in this wacky, shallow sexual marketplace, there's plenty of guys out there who are worse looking than you, who have less money than you, that are still getting laid and even finding girlfriends. Your sexual arrested development is your failure. Now, I hate feminism and all the toxic forces wrecking our culture like you probably do. But if we're being honest, feminism makes it easier to get laid, not harder. 200 years ago, if you wanted to get laid, you would probably have to spend years courting a girl. You'd have to help her dad build a barn, and then you'd have a decent chance at her hand in marriage. That's a hell of a lot more work than you have to put in nowadays when almost all women believe that they should just 
follow their hearts and do what feels good in the moment. Step five, don't let your religion cock block you. Religion has a lot to do with a lot of men's extended virginity. When you're a teenager at the urging of a religious authority of some kind, maybe at some kind of event or conference, you make the commitment to abstinence until marriage. But the problem is that you don't get married. In many uh, Western developed countries, the average age that people are getting married is in their late 20s or early 30s. So if you make that commitment to abstinence from sex in your late teens, in your mid-teens, you're going to be waiting a decade, 15 years. You really have a lot of time in between. You really have uh, years and years and years of blue balls ahead of you. If you're watching this, you're probably already considering premarital sex. Being a virgin isn't itself unattractive, but sexually experienced men have a naturally confident vibe that's hard for virgins to fake. Even Christian girls pick up on this vibe and respond positively to it. For men, the no sex before marriage thing made sense in a world where people got married at 18 years old. Unless you travel all the way to an impoverished village in Belarus, that world is gone. Let's say you're an 18-year-old religious virgin who is committed to purity till marriage. I would say, go now and work your ass off, young man, to find a similarly religious, traditional girl who's about your age that you can date and court who would be interested in marrying you in about 12 months. And then you're only waiting 12 months to lose your virginity. You know, it's a, a reasonable, reasonable trade-off, right? But if you're a 28-year-old virgin or older than that, than that even, your prospects are pretty dreary. The other women your age or around your age that are virgins, women that stay virgins until that time are going to probably be weird or unattractive in one way or another. You know, the sexual marketplace, it's almost kind of like a, a car lot and the best cars, they get chosen, they get picked up off the lot early. They don't stick around for 10 years. And you might be saying, well, you know, plenty of men date younger women. That's, that's not so extraordinary. And that's true. Plenty of young, older men do date younger women. Uh, young 18-year-old women date men who are 10 years older than them, 15, tw even 20 years older than them. But that's typically because those older men are buying them, hooking them up with champagne and cocaine in nightclubs, okay? It's because of that, uh, that inequality between the lifestyle and the resources between the older man and the younger woman. And if you are a 28-year-old dude, a 30-year-old dude, and you're going after 
you're trying to hook up with an 18 year old girl who's still a virgin like you, you're going to be running into a lot of skepticism. You're going to have a tremendous obstacle in the form of her probably similarly traditional religious father and family. They are going to really put a lot in your way because they're going to say, hey, this guy's 10 years older than my daughter or 20 years older or however much older than my daughter. Why is this guy still single? Why is he unattached at this age if he's a traditional religious kind of guy? It's going to be really pretty challenging. If you're a religious virgin well past adolescence, your best bet is to have some shallow, sinful, premarital sex. Ask God for forgiveness. God is supposed to be quite forgiving, if I understand the theology correctly. Get some experience under your belt, pun intended, so you have a bit more swagger and confidence. Then start searching for an attractive young religious woman. Now they will be much more interested in you, especially if you take the personal development steps described in this video. Wife material is anyone with three or less previous sexual partners. You are probably fantasizing about marrying a virgin yourself, but you need to look in the mirror and realize that you screwed up in not finding a wife earlier in life, and you're probably going to need to lower your standards some. Step six, get some exercise. Fitness is obviously important. Getting even a little bit of exercise weekly makes you look and feel better. You'll have to take an honest look in the mirror and see how you need to change your priorities around health and fitness. If we're being frank, your looks probably have a lot to do with your virginity. The virgins or chronic incels that I've known were consistently out of shape and quite sloppy with their aesthetics. But you don't need to look like Channing Tatum to lose your virginity. In fact, being a little chubby or even underweight and skinny is not going to stand in the way of losing your virginity. Girls sleep with guys who are chubby or skinny as a rake all the time. The important thing is that you make some progress and improve your fitness. When you go to the gym enough to see your body starting to transform and you notice that it has this uplifting effect on your mood, there's this undeniable downstream effect of that, of empowering the rest of your life and motivating you. It might take going to the gym for two months. It might only take one month. It might only take a week of going to the gym and you'll start feeling like the world is yours. Step seven, hack your diet. Okay, I know diet is not the sexiest, most exciting subject, but you are what you eat. If you're serious about personal transformation, there is no excuse for being lazy or cavalier about your diet. 
Of course, the best diet varies from person to person, but what follows are some guidelines and diet hacks. The best recent science has reached the conclusion that keto or paleo style diet is the diet most copacetic with our evolutionary biology and conducive to our productivity and happiness. Step eight, fix your style. So transforming your body will take months or years of grueling work in the gym but you can transform your look virtually overnight by upgrading your style. The good news is that you can fake being good looking by paying a little bit more attention than you normally do, than most men normally do, to your style and aesthetics. There's this myth of inner beauty that people will love you and accept you because of some positive redeeming quality that you have deep inside you that not that's not apparently obvious to someone walking down the street and seeing you this could not be further from the truth people will accept you or reject you based upon the most superficial things so i say get superficiality working for you instead of against you. I'm really not a fashion expert, but I practice a modicum of common sense with my fashion that I can impart to you. The most commonly committed fashion sin is wearing clothes that don't really fit you, especially baggy clothes. Unless you are really muscular, baggy does not look good. Your shirts should be about the same size as your chest. Your sleeves should be about the same size as your biceps. Your pants should be about the same length as your legs. Get the idea? From the barrios of Mexico City to the slums of New Delhi, there is this average guy uniform that you see hundreds of times a day if you go out on the street, which is jeans, t-shirt, and tennis shoes. It's so, so common. It truly is the average guy uniform. And this look is really hard to make, make it look good, make it look attractive, unless you are uh, A, really, really muscular, B, if those are like really high fashion, jeans it can look good or see if you've got like $100 brand new high fashion tennis shoes otherwise you just look super average and mediocre i'd urge you to instead go with this look that is just as comfortable and almost the same price it's probably slightly more expensive which is a, a button down shirt like this jeans and leather shoes. It's just as comfortable, costs just slightly more, and makes you look about 10 times smarter. If I'm going out to socialize, I take about two minutes to iron my button-down shirts, which makes them look about 200% better. If I'm doing something social, I always wear leather shoes. Don't wear tennis shoes or trainers unless you're doing something athletic or just sitting at home. I don't do any egregiously bad mismatching. 
No yellows with greens, no white undershirts with button-down shirts, no white calf-length socks with tennis shoes or sandals, no Adidas trainers with a suit jacket. Don't leave your house looking like this, guys. You can make your lower body look about 10 times better by actually wearing pants that are about the same length as your legs. Whenever I buy a pair of pants, I will spend the extra $10, take them to a tailor, and get them adjusted so that they are the same length as my legs. And this makes the pants look like they cost about $80 more than they did. I always have at least one kind of ostentatious, bold fashion item. It might be white pants, it might be a cool suit, it might be like a vest that has a nice pattern on it. Just something that is gonna make me kind of conspicuously stand out from the crowd, give me a little bit of personality, and something that people would notice before they noticed my crossed eye right here that you can see. And right now it's this kind of cool red leather jacket that I've got, and I also have a beige Zara blazer that looks really awesome, but actually it only cost $35. Boy, it makes me look like quite the rock star for $35. So go out there, hit the mall, or even hit some of those online shops and find something that's just a little bit bold and ostentatious and shows that you're a confident kind of guy. I spend very little time and really not very much money on fashion, but I'm easily within the top 10% of most fashionable guys because guys in general are just so willingly ignorant about the topic that if you just pay a little bit of attention, you'll look better than most. And again, this is probably something that's a factor in your virginity. So I would urge you to read chapter four of my book, How to Be Cross-Eyed Thriving Despite Your Physical Imperfection, where I go way more in depth into this subject of life hacking your look, it's really probably worth devoting a little bit of time, effort, money, and resources to. I've never met a virgin who is a really stylish guy. You might see concern with fashion and style as being kind of womanly, and not very manly, but women really do like stylish men. If you still don't believe me, go to a department store that has a really liberal return policy and get some awesome clothes, drop a little coin, and then go put those clothes on and just go walk around the downtown area of your city or go walk around a mall and you'll notice women paying more attention to you, checking you out. If you don't, bring the stuff back for a refund. Step nine, groom thyself. Virgins often do not pay enough attention to their grooming and personal hygiene. 
Right now, this scruffy look is really in with a lot of superfluous facial hair. Unless you're in a band or just have awesome facial symmetry, pass on this look. Unless your facial hair comes in like blackbeards, just go with the clean shaven look. Many guys have some thinning and male pattern baldness that starts to become apparent in their second or third decade of life. If this is the reality staring you back in the mirror, don't try to fight it with a comb over. Just shave it all off. The totally bald chrome dome look best exhibited by the rapper Pitbull is very sexy and masculine. I also advise against long hair. Unless you have Fabio's facial structure and musculature, it's just going to make you look really feminine. Like me, you've probably scoffed at haircuts that are priced at like $50 or $100. But here's a secret of good-looking people. Stylists who charge $50 or $100 are often experts who will really know how to style your hair to complement your face. The haircut that makes Brad Pitt look like a dangerous secret agent is not going to have the same effect on Sean Connery. If you shell out for a top shelf haircut once, the stylist will craft your hair into something that is uniquely you. Then immediately take photos of it from different angles with your smartphone. Then in two months or whenever you need a haircut next, go back to the $15 barber and show him the photos of what you want and often he'll be able to duplicate it at a fraction of the original cost. So it's an investment. Be mindful of your body odor. Almost every virgin or sexually frustrated man that I've ever met in person had a detectable unpleasant body odor. Bathe more frequently. Bad breath will definitely get in the way of you losing your virginity. Try a home remedy like warm salt water, rinse and gargle to get rid of bad breath. No woman wants to kiss a man with bad breath. You may want to research doing detoxing cleanses or coffee enemas if your body is chronically producing a bad scent. Cleaning up your diet also makes a difference in your scent. And finally, start manscaping. I want you to, after you watch this video, next time you're in the bathroom, get naked and just look down. Would you want that scruffy thing in your mouth if you were a girl? This appearance hacking is counterintuitive. Logically, what we think matters is who we are, what we say, what we do. But people really do judge you on the basis of your appearance. Nobody is ever going to think you're an idiot or useless or dumb or unattractive because you're really meticulous about your appearance. But a lot of people will secretly disdain you for being careless about your appearance. Step 10. Lose some weight. For a lot of you, losing a bit of weight will probably help your appearance. And you're going to want to read the chapters in my book, 
how to be cross-eyed that are on the subject of biohacking. Start by getting your diet optimized, by getting all the crap out of your diet, and then start fasting. Make fasting a part of your life. In my book, I describe three types of fasting that you're going to want to do if you're serious about your health and even losing weight. And if you do these two things, you'll actually see your body change a whole lot faster than if you go and do some time in the gym. You want to start by doing diet and fasting. Very important. Step 11, biohack your face. You might not know, but you can actually change your face. Your face can be biohacked. Facial structure reflects your hormonal health and general health. Consistently, when you meet a really healthy guy or gal that spends a lot of time in the gym, they have this tight, angular facial structure. They look hot. I certainly notice a difference in the attractiveness of my cheekbones and facial structure if I've been eating right, avoiding booze, and going to the gym. If I'm lazy about my diet, not exercise, and drinking socially a few times a week, I have more of a round baby face. Step 12. Hack your testosterone. You're probably aware that one of the big differences between alpha males that have a lot of sex and desperate beta males is the testosterone levels. And I'm not going to delve deeply into the differences between alpha and beta. I don't totally understand the subject and I suspect that the majority of the people out there on the internet arguing so virulently about the topic don't either. The good news is that you can emulate the alphas and start living more like them by biohacking your testosterone. Stress management is actually the first step towards higher testosterone. The stress hormone cortisol and testosterone have an inverse relationship. According to weightlifting guru Charles Poliquin, as a rule, the best thing to increase testosterone is to lower cortisol because the same raw material that makes testosterone and cortisol is called pregnenolone. Under conditions of stress, your body is wired to go toward the cortisol pathway. So life hack your stress with meditation, exercise, physical contact, good food, sufficient sleep, and adaptogenic herbs. Next is lifting weights. Moving heavy metal regularly improves testosterone. Try Brazil nuts. This is the nut of manly men. A few Brazil nuts a day raises your testosterone. Anything that includes testosterone promoting nutrients is good. So broccoli for the magnesium and shellfish for the zinc. Quit drinking beer or at least cut way back on it. You probably think of beer as a manly drink because of the advertising, but beer is estrogenic. It promotes the female hormone. It hurts your testosterone and natural male zest for life. Cold showers. So you don't have to ice your gonads the way that Russian powerlifters do, but cold showers are a high performance habit 
that's worth doing a little bit of suffering in the bathroom for daily. The science is a little unclear as to whether it actually increases testosterone, but the effects that numerous biohackers report are analogous to raised testosterone. Start by just doing 30 seconds of cold water at the beginning of a normal shower. Your first few cold showers will be mild water torture. It will make you very uncomfortable, but quickly you'll get used to them. Eventually, you'll want to work your way up to a minute or two of cold water. I find just standing there shivering under the water mentally tortuous. So you want to occupy yourself with something that's going to take a minute or two, like brushing your teeth. Get started in earnest with the testosterone life hacks described and you'll see your mindset improve. Next is to take libido enhancing supplements. There's several supplements that, no bullshit, actually work to optimize your testosterone levels. First among these is horny goat weed. And this has a hard, pun intended, earned reputation as a erection enhancer. This funnily named herb is a game changer for maximizing sexual hedonism and imbuing healthy masculine aggression and joie de vivre. You can find horny goat weed or epimedium, its technical name, at nearly any pharmacy or vitamin store, but the quality is unpredictable. You want to get pure organic stuff. I really prefer powdered epimedium because the powdered stuff makes a very pleasant kind of earthy tasting precoital herbal tea. Next is ashwagandha, and this is an adaptogenic herb that naturally modulates down the autonomic nervous system. Hardworking professionals are often plagued by bad sleep as their nervous systems are overactive when they should be winding down from a demanding day. At least six scientific papers identify ashwagandha as a sleep hack, and Anything that improves your stress response, that lowers your cortisol, that enables better sleep, is going to raise your testosterone. Next is zinc, which is a major component of maintaining healthy testosterone in men. A 2006 Turkish study of wrestlers demonstrated that oral zinc supplementation was beneficial. This drastically affects many dimensions of the male experience physical performance and energy, building muscle and strength, ambition and productivity, sex drive, and stress management. Step 14 is taking nootropics, or smart drugs. As I said, losing your virginity is now your part-time job, and you're going to need to find 25 hours in your week to do so. You're probably going to have to sacrifice some sleep. You're going to be waking up early to hit the gym and staying up late approaching women in the nightlife. Cut out the porn, video games, television, sports, and aimless web browsing. Time to cancel that Netflix membership. You need to be intolerant of time-wasting friends and family. You'll have to abstain from hanging out with some of your buddies who you really don't accomplish much spending time with. You might need to take a break from some of your time-consuming extracurricular activities and 
hobbies. Here's where nootropics become very useful. You're going to need more energy and time to work on these personal development things and nootropics will typically give you an extra two to three hours, sometimes more, of productive energy every day. I'll mention several worth checking out. Paracetam, the very safe and affordable original smart drug, which has been demonstrated in over 600 human studies to enhance long-term memory, verbal intelligence, and cognition. Next, rhodiola, a powerful adaptogenic nutraceutical herb that modulates your autonomic nervous system for peak performance. Next is modafinil, a hardcore vigilance agent used by militaries and air forces around the world. This will keep you very awake for 12 to 16 hours. And finally, nootropic stacks. There's a number of nootropic multivitamin products out there that contain an energizing cocktail of ingredients that make you more alert, energetic, and productive. A lot of them are bad values at best and actually toxic at worst. So you want to evaluate them based upon some rigorous criteria. Step 15, start approaching women in the real world. Of course, the reason for all of this personal development, exercise, and upgrading your look is to actually get laid. You want to start meeting women. And you might be thinking, so I'll do what most guys do to meet women and get easy sex. I'll do some online dating. Set up a Tinder profile and start swiping. Lots of easy girls on Tinder, right? Well, there's some significant downsides to online dating that you should first consider. It's really time consuming. If you really want to get results from it, prepare to spend like 10 hours a week on it. Clicking, liking, hearting photos, writing messages, chatting, etc. Don't you already spend too much time online? Your looks really matter. Good looking guys do a lot better on online dating. The competition is insane. Good looking girls are being digitally solicited by hundreds or maybe even thousands of guys. Even girls that you would honestly classify as like a three out of 10 are getting attention and offers to go on dates. You don't know what a girl looks like until she shows up on a date. Online dating has always seemed deeply unromantic to me because if a girl is even remotely attractive online on these websites and apps, she's going to have hundreds of guys hitting on her. The guy, you, is utterly replaceable because of all the other guys on there. She can replace you with just a few swipes. Nothing is at stake emotionally for the girl. And the guy is, of course, kind of a wimp, really, because he's emotionally insulating himself from real rejection by doing it online. Online dating is really quite the unromantic endeavor. 
I'm not saying here that you should totally avoid online dating, but the objective here is meaningfully losing your virginity. And if you devote yourself to approaching women in the real world, you'll go through this hero's journey, which is at first really tough, and you'll deal with a lot of, of tough in-person rejections. But over time, you'll see yourself get better at it. You'll experience a lot more women that are receptive to you. And you'll start going on dates with women. There's this tremendous manly thrill of approaching a woman to whom you are a total stranger and charming her a bit, getting her phone number, then going on a date with her, and then a couple of days or a couple of weeks later having her naked in your bed. Don't rob yourself of this thrill by restricting yourself to online dating. Later, we'll discuss the nuances of both day game and night game. Step 16 is to get attractive photos of you taken for social media. That's why I have this cute little Pomeranian right here. I'll explain what cute furry things have to do with all of this. Even if you're just meeting women exclusively in the real world, the way that you portray yourself online really matters. And it probably has something to do with your remaining a virgin thus far. Since you've upgraded your style and started hitting the gym, you probably look better than you did months or years ago. So it's a real smart idea to get some new photos taken of you looking fly. You might want to hire a professional photographer to take some cool photos of you. They will make you look great. At least get some photos taken of you with a good high-resolution smartphone camera. Use Instagram filters or Google Photos filter adjustments to tweak the photo so you look your best. Get photos of you looking happy and active doing something outside. Photos taken outside look about five times better than photos taken inside. Get some photos of you looking like you're enjoying yourself with friends and family. Get rid of or make private all your old photos that aren't very attractive. All those photos of you wearing clothes that don't really fit you gotta go. Selfies are not helping you lose your virginity. Guys almost always look awkward in selfies. Definitely don't have a selfie as your profile picture. Unless you're really muscular, don't post photos of you shirtless. Travel photos are great. Photos with pets are even better. And at a minimum, you should have a Facebook and Instagram profile. Perhaps all these social networking websites and apps seem like a ridiculous waste of time to you. Maybe you remember a time when people would meet and connect in the real world and men would call women on the telephone to invite them out on dates. Well, I'm sorry, but that world is gone. And you at least need to have a Facebook profile. Attractive young women, the kind that you are interested in, are going to feel a whole lot less safe 
going out with you if they can't find you online. And you don't need to be really active on social media as long as you have a Facebook profile with a few good photos and some friends, that's fine. You also want to think a bit about what you're sharing on social media and if that is making you attractive to women. I've known guys that really struggled with women and their Facebook feeds were full of like really vitriolic political rants or dark humor memes. And this is really not attractive. Step 17 is learning game. You need to improve your social skills or to use a little bit more colorful parlance, learn the art of seduction or game as it's often called, I suggest that you devote about seven hours a week to reading and watching material on this subject. Check out the Real Social Dynamics YouTube channels. The things they teach you will get you laid and women into your life. I've hung out with RSD trained pickup artists around the world, from Medellin to Kiev. If you apply what they teach, you will get laid. There's a few excellent podcasts on social dynamics, notably the Art of Charms Toolbox episodes and the Jordan Harbinger show. There's a bunch of pickup artist gurus out there with courses on this stuff, but honestly, the free material that you can find on YouTube and elsewhere is just as good. So if you've got limited budget, spend it on a gym membership and upgrading your wardrobe. Read the book Game by the infamous international pickup artist Roosh V. You'll also want to read my book, How to Be Cross-Eyed Thriving Despite Your Physical Imperfection, or at least the four chapters of my book that are specifically on seduction. Of course, it's crucial that you practice what you're learning. You want to be a practitioner and a tinkerer, not a theorist. So don't spend a Saturday night at home watching pickup artist gurus, pickup artist videos on the internet. Get out there and actually do it yourself. Step 18 is cultivating mindfulness. A meditation practice is a pretty crucial component in your transformation into a more sex-worthy man. Meditation makes you the master of your thoughts. It gets your thoughts working for you instead of you working for your thoughts. Meditation, more than anything else, teaches you to deal with emotional, mental, and physical fidgetiness, which is something that has been a challenge for me as long as I can remember. Meditation empowers stoicism in that it makes me comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's definitely made me less of a wimp. This adventure of losing your virginity is going to require a heightened degree of emotional control. For example, I can just about guarantee you that you'll be in a position where you meet an attractive, nice girl, 
Maybe you have a great conversation together or even a good date together and you start getting excited. And then for one reason or another, she will in a kind of heartless, callous way, reject you and you'll be hurt and bitter. And you'll start getting angry with yourself. You'll start getting angry with her. You'll start getting angry with the world, with women in general and you'll go into this emotional spiral of kind of bitterness and feeling like you're really stuck. And logically, you will know that you should get back out there and meet more women, have more fun, get more options going for you. But this logical understanding won't change the way that you feel. And these dark emotions will hold you back from moving on and moving closer towards your goal. And this is a problem that people who do 15 to 20 minutes of meditation daily don't really have. We have a higher degree of control over our thoughts. We, you'll find that you're able to overcome this self-perpetuating downward cycle of negative emotions and thoughts that stands in the way of you losing your virginity. You might be wondering how to meditate. There's a bunch of different ways and almost all of them will help you. Your best bet is to probably download the Headspace app or any one of those apps that are out there that teach meditation and they give you these guided meditation tracks to listen to for in between 15 to 20 minutes that will make it real simple and clear for you. And you're also going to want to check out my videos on meditation, specifically my video on the blue sky protocol that I'll link to. Step 19 is to do day game. And this is what it sounds like hitting on women during the daytime. And you're going to want to devote about five hours a week to doing this. There's two major differences in day game. First is that you want to go direct. Tell the woman right away that you think she is attractive. Second is that your goal and probably the best possible outcome of an interaction is to get her phone number or contact details. Sometimes veteran day gamers can get girls to go on a mini date with them right then and there, but this is kind of rare get a number and follow up. Day game is a bit dry compared to night game. Unless you're in Brazil, you're not going to want to start caressing her shoulder seven minutes after you meet her. Actually, don't expect any real fireworks from your day game. If a girl is willing to talk to you for a few minutes and give you her phone number, that's awesome. It's better to do a few long sessions of several hours than just doing 30 minutes a day. Aim to do about 10 approaches a session. You'll quickly discover that not that many women are interested in talking to you, maybe two out of 10. This is why day game experts advise that you aim to do 30 to 50 approaches a week to actually score some dates. You can talk to girls anywhere, on the street, at a cafe, even in malls and shops. As long as you're not getting her fired from her job or pissing off her boyfriend who is standing right there, 
you're fine. Of course, there is all sorts of nuances to day game. There's sort of a conversational formula that you'll want to follow. And I recommend that you check out the YouTube channel for Tom Torero. As far as I can tell, that's the best place, the best resource to really learn to day game. And when you get out there and actually do it, you'll quickly discover that day game is not as easy as it looks. And you'll discover that you are often crippled by approach anxiety. And this is why it's crucial to get wingmen, which is the next step. Get wingman. Meaningful personal development and even seduction is a team sport. You'll find that it's a lot more fun and you'll find that you're a lot more motivated when you get out there and do game with a wingman. You should start by practicing your day game technique on your wingman. Your wingman should watch you doing a few approaches and he'll be able to point out flaws and mistakes that you're making. You'll find that you're a lot more motivated to approach when you go out with a wing. It'll make all the difference between doing a mere three half-assed approaches on your own and getting out there and doing a solid 10 approaches in an afternoon. Step 21 is to plan your social life. A common sense yet uncommonly practiced life hack for a more abundant social life for a larger social circle that will help you to meet more girls is to spend a little bit of time daily, five to 10 minutes, planning your social life. You might not want to do social things every day, but if you spend five to 10 minutes daily messaging or calling friends, you won't find yourself alone on a Saturday night. If you wait until you're feeling lonely to reach out to your social circle, to maintain your network of acquaintances, well, that's why you're lonely. In the coach.me app, which I recommend, I've added a habit for planning social life, which just reminds me to stay in touch with people. Step 22 is doing night game. So along with the day game, you want to spend about six hours a week approaching women in the nightlife at bars and nightclubs. And if this sounds awful to you, don't worry. I have some, some venues and some unconventional strategies and approaches to this that will make it a whole lot more appealing. And I recognize some guys just choose to do day game, but I'd urge you to do both because night game exercises and flexes some different kinds of seduction muscles, and there are definitely some advantages to it. The big difference with night game is the time that you can spend with girls. If you meet a girl that likes you, you may spend hours talking and dancing with her. In day game, your interactions will be like 15 minutes at most. The other big difference with night game is that you can actually get physical with the girls. Now, you want to be very, very attentive. You don't want to 
freak them out. But if you're having an interaction and it's going really well and she seems to be attentive to you touching her arm or maybe her shoulder a little bit, then you might want to touch her back if she seems to be open to that sort of thing, if she's touching you. And of course, if she's a little bit tight, if her body language is a little bit closed, then you definitely want to back off. Before you do this, you'll definitely want to spend some time watching the pickup artist guru videos that are out there with their in-field videos that are explaining Kino escalation, which is the escalation of physical contact in a natural way that she'll be receptive to and that won't freak her out or get you in trouble in the venue. The big challenge in Night Game is that the girls are a lot more distracted. You'll have to be a bit more high energy to keep girls interested, and they will be distracted by their friends, the music, and other guys. You want to follow the four times rule, which means that you can reapproach a girl as many as four times. At least in the beginning, I would urge you to do night game sober. Drinking saps your energy and makes you a bit sloppy along with being expensive. Another big advantage is that in night game, you will meet girls that you can actually pull, girls that will go back with you to your apartment, to your bedroom, and actually sleep with you the same night that they've met you. Six hours in the nightlife is not a lot. That's like one or two nights out a week. You're definitely going to want to find wingmen to accompany you. Night gaming solo is really draining. And you might be thinking at this point, spending six hours a week in noisy, hectic nightlife venues, competing with a bunch of other drunk guys sounds like pure torture. I agree. And that's why I urge you to do nightlife at salsa and Latin dancing clubs. Step 23 is salsa dance. In salsa clubs, women expect for you to approach them and ask to dance. It's a more inclusive environment. Dancing is a more physical interaction. You'll get comfortable with touching women a lot faster doing salsa dancing. You can find salsa clubs in almost every city in the world. They are frequented by attractive feminine women, the kind who take care of themselves, wearing heels and dresses. Salsa clubs have a good proportion of girls to guys, sometimes a lot more girls than guys. Women often attend them solo or in easy to approach groups of two. Salsa clubs are actually nice places to hang out. The music is very pleasant and you're not surrounded by a bunch of drunk people smoking. The salsa club crowd arrives earlier and goes home at a decent hour, usually by midnight. I've never seen a fight at a salsa club and I'd be a whole lot less concerned about petty, casual, random violence there. Pickup artists don't really go to salsa clubs in Moss, so your competition is just other guys that like to salsa dance who 
I'm not really concerned about. When I encourage guys to salsa dance, the response that I almost always get is, uh, I don't know how to salsa dance. I'm a total wreck on the dance floor. Well, if you want to overcome your virginity and meet women, you need to get outside of your comfort zone. And the good news is that salsa is really easy to learn. You can go from totally clueless to good enough to have fun and meet women with about two hours of private instruction. Devote just a little bit of time and effort and you'll have a really fun new hobby where you'll be able to meet a lot of really attractive feminine women. Step 24 is to attend language exchanges. These are great places to meet women. What goes on here is that you have some locals and you have foreigners. They might be tourists. They might be like cute exchange, uh, foreign exchange students, and they're going to be there to practice their second languages with each other. If you speak a second language, that's great. If not, it's really not an issue because you'll run into a lot of people that just want to practice their English skills. So go there and be friendly, talk to everybody. But if you connect with an attractive girl, just ask her for her contact details. And often this can lead to dates. I'm a huge fan of language exchanges. I actually met my wife at a language exchange. You can often find single friendly girls at them. They are golden for meeting women. Step 25 is to get abundance. At this stage, it's crucial that you are meeting and dating multiple women. The big mistake that holds a lot of guys back is that they meet one girl that they really like and they get emotionally invested in that relationship and this makes them needy and then they scare her off. You want to avoid this. The girl that you meet and have a great conversation or maybe even a great first date with when you're a month or two into learning game is almost certainly not your soulmate. So you don't want to double down and put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. It's super important at this stage to have a lot of women that you're meeting and talking to and going out on dates with. As you're meeting and dating multiple women, you will naturally exude this positive, confident vibe and energy that women will pick up on. Abundance begets more abundance. Step 26 is to fix your verbal tics. So almost all of us have bad or just plain sloppy body language things or verbal tics that we aren't aware of that really hold us back from thriving socially. Unless you have the time, money, or inclination to take acting classes or a social dynamics boot camp, it's pretty difficult to identify weaknesses that could be doing damage to your communication game. The solution, hint, it's probably in your pocket right now. 
There's several very good and free apps that you can download on your iPhone or Android for recording and listening back to your in-person conversations like Medio Recorder, Audio Memos for iPhone, or Evernote for all smartphones. How to do this. Next time you're having a not boring conversation in person with someone, nonchalantly pull out your smartphone, as people do frequently nowadays in conversations, launch the app and record the conversation. If you have the Evernote widget installed, it literally takes about three seconds to open a voice note recording the conversation. Then place your phone on the table in between you and the other person. At first you might feel a little weird since the other person won't know the conversation is being recorded. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that provided you aren't using the recording for commercial purposes or sharing it around, this is legal. The purpose of this is just to find out how you sound to other people in conversations. At the end of the day, go back and listen to the recordings of yourself. You might be a little bit shocked at what you hear. Again, almost all of us have unattractive verbal ticks, but now that you can listen to yourself, you can identify them and consciously start eliminating them from your speech patterns, from your conversation, and you'll sound a whole lot more better, a whole lot more natural. People will start complimenting you that you're just a, a good communicator. Step 27 is to start video blogging or vlogging, and this can be a real game changer for your communication skills. You don't need to script your vlogs. Pick a subject that interests you or something that you know about and just speak extemporaneously about it for between five to 10 minutes. You could also record a video letter to a friend or family member saying whatever you might have to say to them. You don't need to get any fancy recording equipment just use your webcam or smartphone. Importantly, you want to watch and listen to your vlogs, which at first might be painful. A lot of us are just naturally cringeworthy in front of the camera. And so then you want to re-record and watch them again. And they don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be as good as I am or as other seasoned vloggers on YouTube are, but you should see yourself improving. You may notice yourself using a lot of filler words, ums and ahs. Instead, make an effort to just pause and think about what you're gonna say next. Pausing while you're speaking makes you sound intelligent and thoughtful instead of nervous and indecisive. You might be thinking, I don't really want to become a vlogger. There's already a million YouTubers out there and I don't know if I want to broadcast my opinions out there to the entire world. Well, you don't have to. You can just upload your vlogs and leave them unpublished. Who knows, you may want to share them with somebody one day or you can just save them on the hard drive of your computer. Step 28 is text game. You are going to be getting girls' phone numbers or social media details to follow up with them. 
And this is really a numbers game. Girls give their phone numbers and contact details out to a lot of guys that they really aren't that interested in dating. So importantly, don't take it too personally if they flake on you or are unresponsive. When you ask them for their number, counterintuitively, you don't want to make them a really fabulous date offer. Like, next Tuesday, let's go on a million dollar yacht and we can eat caviar, drink champagne, and do cocaine. What you actually want to do is make them a pretty simple date offer. Say, hey, let's get a drink sometime, or maybe a coffee, and then ask them for their Facebook. Girls are more likely to give you their Facebook than their phone number. You'll want to contact a girl shortly after meeting her, usually the next day, when your interaction is still fresh in her memory. The important thing about text game is being playful and fun, not sounding too serious about anything. Like the rest of seduction, there are all sorts of nuances and best practices to your text game. And this is why you should be spending those seven hours weekly studying game and social dynamics. And you'll find out there a lot of templates that you can use along with formulas that are going to help you to get the best response and that conversion from conversation to phone number to digital exchange to date. Step 29. Invite girls out on dates. There's this paradox, which is that if you show too little interest, the girl is not going to really know that you're interested in her. But if you show too much interest in the beginning, then she's going to get kind of turned off and creeped out and she's not going to want to see you. So you want to extend a casual invitation to hang out. And on the internet, you can find endless lists of great first date ideas. But what you actually want to do is extend an invitation that's very simple and not super exciting. Because if a girl likes you enough that she might sleep with you, she is going to accept an invitation to hang out with you to do something simple. The most common pretext to sex is just an invitation to get a drink together. Girls know this and they probably won't meet you for a drink if they are totally disinterested in sleeping with you. On your third or second date, you can invite a girl for dinner or to go do some social activity. But really, the first date should be a simple, informal chance to spend a little time and connect. So don't call it a date. Coffee dates are non-optimal for seduction. When you ask for her number, you might suggest a drink or a coffee. But really, your objective is to meet her in the evening and imbibe a little of the social lubricant together. But coffee dates are not a total waste of time. If a coffee date is all that she can agree to, that's fine. You're probably going to need to go on multiple dates 
with a girl before she sleeps with you. Depending on the girl and your game and where you are in the world, it'll be between three to five dates. So if you go on a date and there's not crazy fireworks going on, but she's attentive and communicative and responsive and willing to see you again, that's great. Step 30 is to plan logistics. Logistics make or break a seducer. Fail to plan and you can plan to fail. You want to select a bar or venue that's centrally located so it's not that far of a trip for her, which is ideally within about five to 10 minutes of where you live. This makes it really easy to invite her back to your place. If there's a chance that you might sleep with her, by all means, prepare your seduction chamber. Clean your place, wash your sheets, get some condoms and lube, and make your damn bed. Prepare your seduction environment. Turn on the lighting in the entrance to your place, but leave the lighting low in your living room or wherever you're going to be sitting and get a music playlist ready that you can put on when you get home together. Whenever possible, when on a date, try to have a backup or secondary location. Look up things going on nearby on Facebook events. Maybe there will be some party or concert going on that you can visit together. Look up other cafes or restaurants in the area. Her transportation might be a bit of an issue. If you have a car, offer to pick her up or tell her that you have credit with a ride-sharing service like Uber and can order a taxi to pick her up from her house. Seduction is a lot easier if you live in the urban center of your city, but maybe you live with your parents or you live with some roommates in some forlorn suburb that is far from the city center where you're probably going to be meeting girls. And as I'll explain in the final step, this is actually less of a problem than you may think it is. Step 31 is to be okay at sucking at sex. You might think that given your lack of experience, you're gonna be pretty bad at sex but this really isn't that big of a problem. You might think that sexually active, attractive young women are getting fucked by guys that are like really amazing lovers. And this is actually really far from the truth. Even sexually experienced men, the, the majority, I would say almost the vast majority of even sexually experienced men are dismally poor lovers. According to research, the average man lasts just six minutes in bed. Pretty pathetic, right? If you can last longer than 21 minutes, you're a statistical outlier and certainly an above average lover. On TV, you see sex scenes where the man is slamming the woman up against walls and throwing her around. 
unless she really seems to want this, don't act this way. Touch her tenderly and treat her like the fragile creature she is. You might have some fantasy that you'll lose your virginity to another virgin. That's pretty unlikely. You'll probably lose it with a woman who has some experience, which is actually better as she can give you some direction. Step 32, self-cultivate. So a lot of no-fabbers who are committed to not watching porn are also dogmatically committed to never touching their own dicks. And actually, to become a, a really great lover who can enjoy really great sex, you want to do some meditative masturbation which might sound totally weird, but this is actually crucial to becoming a tantric lover. So this path of personal development that I'm describing here is an arduous one, which is rife with challenges and discomfort. And as a payoff at the end, you wanna have the very best possible sex. You wanna have amazing, mind-blowing, sex, right? And this is why I would urge you to read two books that are on this subject that will teach you to become a multi-orgasmic tantric man. The books are The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity, A Modern Practical Guide to the Ancient Way, and The Multi-Orgasmic Man, Sexual Secrets Every Man Should no. This may sound like woo-woo, nonsense, Eastern spiritual stuff that's not worthwhile, but it has really made a big difference to me, so I recommend it highly. I recall several years ago, I was in Kiev, Ukraine, and I seduced a 18-year-old girl, and I had been no-fabbing for some time, and I came after about five minutes of her writing me cowgirl. And afterwards, she was kind of unimpressed and not very interested in seeing me again. In huge contrast to my experiences later on, after I had attained a level of competence with the tantric semen retention methods that you can learn in those books. <laughs> Enjoy sex, enjoy life. Step 33, seduction. Finally, you are on the cusp of your hero's journey, arriving in that most exquisitely intimate of female embraces. If you've done most of the things 
described here with some consistency and some discipline, you should now look in the mirror and take some pride in the better man that you've become. You'll soon sleep with a woman. And even if that woman, the relationship you have with her, and the sex itself are rather mediocre, be confident that beyond her is waiting more beautiful women, even more fulfilling relationships, and even better sex because of the transformational work you've done. Let's get down to business. A lot of virgins live with their parents or somewhere that they really wouldn't be proud to invite girls to spend the night. While you should really move out and find someplace decent to live, this won't really hold you back from losing your virginity if you're doing everything else described here. If you've been on a few dates with a girl and you've kissed her and she likes you, just suggest that for your next date, you get a room together. At the end of a date that's going well, but has no chance of ending in sex, in-person suggests that the two of you get a cozy room together next time. She'll almost always accept. If you do this over text, this is less successful. If she rejects the offer and says, um, it's too early for us to spend the night together, that's fine. As long as she is still willing to see you, you're making progress. Just make the offer again in a week or whatever. If she seems staunchly opposed to it, move on to another one. Then spend a little bit of money to get a room at a decent hotel or off Airbnb. Meet her like normal for dinner or a drink and then go back to your place. This goes against the pickup artist dogma that you should never tell a girl your plans to sleep with her. Pickup artists suggest that you invite a girl out for a drink and then just nonchalantly invite her back to your room to watch a movie or whatever. But I've had pretty good luck with being a bit more direct. Often I've been in a situation where I had been on a date or two with a girl and was eager to see if she actually liked me enough to sleep with me or be my girlfriend. So I'll just suggest that we get dinner and a room together for a romantic evening. This is a step above casual sex. And if you're dating a relatively conservative girl, she'll appreciate your chivalry and likely accept. It gives her a chance to shave down there prior and wear something that makes her feel sexy. Also, in this crazy hashtag MeToo era, it mitigates the chances that she'll impulsively sleep with you, regret it, and then cause you a world of trouble. In my experience, it also makes the first time sexual encounter a whole lot more comfortable. You won't be in a huge hurry to close the deal, and you get to have morning sex when you wake up together. Limp dick. A common problem that virgins have is that you finally get down to business with a girl that wants to sleep with you 
and infuriatingly, your dick goes flaccid. You got a limp dick on your hands. If this happens, don't freak out too much. If you're anxious about sex, it can hurt your erection quality. So relax, breathe deeply, and enjoy the ride. Ask her to give you a nice blowjob before you stick it in. This will firm your erection up. Failing that, put a liberal squeeze of lube on your dick and masturbate for a few moments to firm up. Alcohol is a double-edged sword in seduction. If you drink a little bit, it can relax and put both you and her in the mood. Very few women will sleep with a new guy totally sober. So it's a good idea to have a few drinks together. But alcohol is anti-boner sauce. Too much and you'll get whiskey dick. Beer is especially detrimental to erections, so opt for vodka or wine instead. Once you start getting undressed, don't be in too much of a hurry to put on the condom. Most women will like to give you a blowjob before sex, so let her and enjoy it. Let's talk about penetration. When it finally comes time for penetration, it's better to let her get on top and ride you cowgirl. The first time you have sex, you'll probably not really know what hole to stick it in. So it's really better to let her put it in. I remember the first time I had sex, I found it a bit of a challenge to stay inside of her. I kept slipping out. So unlike in porn, you don't want to be making huge thrusting movements with your body. You want to make small thrusts and move your hips around, which you should be familiar with from your salsa dancing. The first few times you have sex, I suggest that you just focus on enjoying yourself. You are probably eager to show the girl a good time and give her an orgasm, but honestly, it's quite difficult to bring a woman to a vaginal orgasm. I think I didn't bring a woman to a vaginal orgasm until after I had gotten quite a bit of experience having sex for several years. So in the beginning, at least, just enjoy yourself and enjoy what you've worked so hard for. If it isn't abundantly clear to you by now, seduction isn't easy. Women are evolved to be naturally skeptical and resistant to men who want to sleep with them because they want to reproduce with the most evolutionarily fit men. Their genes don't want them reproducing with a wimpy man who will produce wimpy offspring. If you don't want to do the hard work that I've described here, then go back to your porn, your video games, and your sports. But as you grow older, you'll really regret it. It's up to you. Now, you've probably heard of a lot of the things that I've talked about here. This video is not particularly groundbreaking. You probably have known what you should be doing for a long time. 
to lose your virginity, but you haven't done it. You've succumbed to self-pity, complacency, and procrastination. Past behavior predicts future behavior. It's quite likely that without significant intervention, you will continue to linger outside of the sexual marketplace like a lonely child that is locked out in the cold looking through a window into a warm house where a merry party is going on. You're locked out of heaven and with every year that goes by without you addressing this virginity issue, that lock becomes tighter, more rusted, and harder to open. If you're not serious about addressing your virginity, just go back to the porn and video games now. They're just a browser tab away. They're just a few clicks away because watching this video further will just make you feel terrible if you don't actually start to take action here. At this point, you need something other than more information. There's two motivational mechanisms that will make all the difference between your shame and self-loathing about your virginity being multiplied by another 10 years or in a decade, you having transformed into a mature sexual man with a grin on your face and a pretty girlfriend or a devoted wife by your side. First is social pressure. When others, especially those you respect, expect you to do something, you become a lot more motivated to do it. And second is sunk cost. There's this phenomena of sunk cost motivation. If you pay for something, you're much more likely to follow through, take action, and actually change your life. I can help you with both of these things. I have a coaching program that I urge you to apply for if you're serious about losing your virginity. If you've tried some of the things described here in the past and they didn't really work for you and you really do want to lose your virginity, you probably need some help. You might be thinking, I can totally see how these two motivational factors were missing in my past attempts to lose my virginity. So what I'll do is I'll get my best friend or a wingman or my roommate or a family member to be my accountability partner. And maybe I will even make them a bet that I need to lose my virginity in a certain amount of time so that, that way I can get the sunk cost working for me. And that might work, but there's a couple of real good reasons why your friends, family members, and roommates don't make for good accountability partners with this sort of thing. First, 
If they care about you, they will usually enthusiastically agree at first, but often they will quickly lose interest. Your loved ones want the best for you, but they have their own lives and responsibilities. Also, this coaching is work. It is a service. If you're not paying them for their time, how can you expect them to be very committed? Accountability entails real pressure. It's not always pleasant and it certainly introduces a degree of friction. It's not really fair to assail the tranquility of your most important relationships with this sometimes confrontational requirement of accountability. Meaningfully overcoming your virginity is going to require some very red pill mindsets and yielding some social dynamics, life hacks from the fringes of polite society. Your friends and family may really frown upon what's actually going to work to get you beyond this. Along with the accountability, they'll give you crappy, mainstream, socially conditioned advice. Just be yourself. Just be confident. Don't try so hard. Follow your heart and act like a gentleman and naturally you'll lose your virginity. And this stuff really is not going to help you. And finally, there's this very well-studied psychological phenomena wherein if you talk about your goals to your friends and your family members, it actually demotivates you from accomplishing them. That's right. The emotional validation that you get from your friends and family members when you tell them, hey, I've got a new project that I'm going to take on. I'm trying to really change my life here. And then they say, oh, that's great. That's so cool. Good for you. That emotional validation that they give you intoxicates you and distracts you and demotivates you. So you have to think, do you just want to talk about losing your virginity or do you actually want to do it? If you're serious about this, hire a professional coach to keep you accountable. Your friends and family will respect you a lot more if they see you independently taking action to change your life. Here's how the coaching program works. We'll do an initial consulting call of 60 minutes where we discuss your strengths, weaknesses, and personality. We'll put together an action plan for losing your virginity. This varies from person to person, which is why I need you to give me as many details as possible in that form. We'll touch base every two weeks on a phone call of 30 minutes or less. If you need to call me before or during a date to get some pointers for a specific situation, that's fine. You'll get my private cell phone number. I'll monitor your habits and action weekly using a smartphone app for habit quantification. You're accountable to me to follow through on the plan that we put together. This is a lean life coaching program. I'm not your shrink and we're not going to spend hours and hours on the phone reliving your past. We will certainly account for your personal challenges, but the focus here is on the future. Plenty of guys, 
almost all of them, with inner demons and bad childhoods manage to lose their virginity. It's not going to hold you back if you take enough action. The package includes six months of coaching. If you followed my advice and take consistent action on the steps outlined here, it's highly likely that you'll lose your virginity and it may take a whole lot less than six months. In this program, I don't guarantee that you're going to lose your virginity because I'm not the person that's going to sleep with you. What I do promise is the very highest level of attention and quality of coaching, coaching and my devotion to helping you get past this stage in life. Also, it has a 30-day money-back guarantee. So it's really a no-brainer. If for whatever reason you are dissatisfied or unhappy with the program, just ask for your money back. I can't work with everyone in this program. There are a lot of virgins out there and I only want to work with the guys that I really think I can help. I do think that some virgins are hopeless. Not all men deserve sex is the truth and I don't want to waste their or my time. If you really hate women for not sleeping with you or for some weird thing that your mom did 20 years ago, I don't really want to work with you. I also don't really want to work with guys that are really determined to use the art of seduction to break a lot of women's hearts and get revenge on womankind for rejecting them. This form on my website allows me to narrow down the guys that I can have a really empowering coaching relationship with. If you're serious about this, which I, I think you probably are if you've watched this video all the way to the end, go and fill that form out now. Don't procrastinate. Don't let life get in the way anymore. Just close down YouTube or wherever you're watching this and go fill out that form. I do respond to everyone that fills out that form. Even if I can't help you, I will direct you to resources that can. So the only thing left to say is good hunting, gentlemen. Go and get out there and have fun. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.